We're back, baby. What's up? It's your boys as always, Mr. Moo and Largy. What's happening, people? What's happening, people? Well, hey, shout out to New Zealand, jumping on board to the listeners, fam. Hey, that's excellent. I'm really glad to have this on board, guys. brothers across the gap. Is that what they say? The ditch. The ditch. Brothers across the ditch. I need to work in my Australian things. Anywho. On this episode of There On, we talk about the Wendigo, as we venture into volume three of our short series, Urban Legends of USA. Excellent. I am super keen. Is this our last one? The last one for USA. Sorry, not the last podcast. It's the last one for USA. And then we're going to be moving on to our next episodes following different topics. So let's get this one done. Boom. The Wendigo comes from the legends told by the Algonquian people. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. A large group of indigenous Americans that consist of many tribes. The Wendigo is said to have once been a hunter who became lost during a terrible cold winter. While traveling through a forest trying to find his way home, the hunter's hunger begins to grow. Eventually, after walking for so long, he finds another man walking through the cob. With his hunger becoming so intense, he pretty much turns to cannibalism. So killing, feasting on this man's flesh. It is said he then transformed to a crazed man-beast, roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. Now, in another version of the story, the first Wendigo is said to have been a warrior who made a deal with the devil. In order to save his tribe, he gave up his soul, and he was transformed to a Wendigo. Now, when peace ensued, and there was no need for such a fearsome creature, uh, the warrior was banished from his tribe and forced to live as an outcast. Now, the Algonquin legend described the creature as... Uh, a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it's thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. That's how it's described. <clears throat> now, a more in-depth description is that the Wendigo has glowing eyes pushed back deep into its eye sockets, long yellowed fangs, monstrous claws, overly long tongues. It stands over 15 feet tall. Sometimes they're described as having a shallow yellowish skin and other times depicted to be covered with matted hair with its bones pushing against the, against the skin, its complexion like an ashy grey. What lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body's unclean and giving off a strange and eerie odour of decaying decomposition, pretty much dead people. Dead people, death. Yeah, exactly right. Now the creature's said to have a number of skills and powers, including stealth, uh, is a near-perfect hunter. Knows and uses every inch of its territory and can control the weather through the use of dark magic. That's <laughs> what's going on. There are certain, if you take some of those descriptions and piece it together the way you want, yeah, it's the average girl's best, like the man they want. <laughs> he's tall, he's rugged, he's hungry, got that long tongue. <laughs> Oh, he took all the boxes. If it just, he took if it just boxes. didn't smell like death, but you know what? We can fix that. Chewies. <laughs> Has a bit chewy. <laughs> Too good. But albeit, poor bastard. Like, whether he got lost or he was taken on, like, I'm going to save my my clan. His my people, tribe. yeah, his mob. And his mob's just like, see, no. fuck off. Thanks for that, but uh, yeah. We're not really into you anymore, Cheers, man. Cheers, bros. <laughs> Now that you're scary as hell, you're like, you're scaring the children. Can we just ask yeah. you to, like, go for a walk? Your arranged marriage is actually, yeah, not avoided. So you divorced before you even got married. Sorry about Sad. that, bro. 
One of his said traits is his ability to mimic human voices. Now, he uses a skill to lure people in and draw them away from civilization. Now, once they're isolated and, you know, the desolate depths of the wilderness. I've got to cut it. I've got to cut it. Oh, yeah? Did you say mimic voices? Did I what? Yeah, mimic. Did he mimic voices? What is the correlation between the Wendigo, if he is a big hairy man beast with the head of a deer? Yes. And the goat man, if they can both mimic voices, they're both in fucking America. I wonder what's their go-to. Do they have accents? That's the real thing. No, I know it's in America. What if it just threw you off in- What if Bob was like, <laughs> New York stuff? Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, or oh, Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> Why are you so serious? Yeah, I'm not too good at that. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he, he takes him out to the depths of wilderness, and then he pretty much he, he feasts on them. Now, this creature may appear as a monster with some characteristics of a human. Or as a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them become monstrous. Now, Wendigos are said to be cursed to wander the land, eternally seeking to fulfill their, you know, their appetite for human flesh. And if there's nothing left to eat, starves to death. Now, it all depends on like which mythology or cryptology you follow. Right? Oh, okay. Because there are Wendigos that once they awaken, yeah, they feast until they're desired essentially just rain havoc on surrounding areas right and once they have filled their need to eat in which case every time they eat their power goes stronger they get more stealthy stronger their dark magic's even better yeah they go back into hibernation they're like a jeepers creepers almost kind of yeah and then there's the other side of it that um yeah like You've got the hibernation, then you've also got like, they're constantly there, kind of like the goat man. Then, what was the other one? Like the, the, the only way like to kill them is to like cut out their heart. Now you, you did tell me this before we started the, the podcast, you know, they, they almost say that the heart is remnants of what was once, what once was. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially the heart is the person yeah. before they became the Wendigo and then if you kill the Wendigo, you save that person, but ultimately that person will die, but they die. The soul's sort of. The soul's able to be saved. Yeah. If they die as a Wendigo, well, they essentially are lost yeah. forever. That all being said, dude means business. Dude's one scary motherfucker. Like, you do not want to meet him. So how do you kill a Wendigo? You don't, you let it start to death. That's pretty much what, <laughs> what it's coming to. Even then, it's just hibernating, so. Oh, what a time. Now, the Wendigo also shares his name with the cultural bound syndrome occurring among Algonquian peoples. It is known as Wendigo psychosis. It is considered by some psychiatrists to be a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh and a fear of becoming a cannibal. Now, ironically, this psychosis is said to occur within people living around, you know, the Great Lakes of Canada, the United States. So, you know, those indigenous peoples. Um, Wendigo psychosis usually develops in the winter in individuals who are isolated you know, by heavy snow for long periods. Now, the initial symptoms are poor appetite, nausea, and vomiting. Subsequently, the individuals develop a delusion of being, you know, transformed into a Wendigo monster. Now, people who have Wendigo psychosis increasingly see others around them as being edible. But at the same time, they have that exaggerated fear of becoming cannibals, you know? But but overall, it could be entirely made up and it's just people sort of buy into that based on their beliefs. Let's go back to what I said before With, about him being like, like a dream boat that smells like death. Yeah. Right? And then some chick's just like, 
Mm-mm. I'm eating him all up. <laughs> that my that my way to go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ooh, that, yeah. He's gonna taste so oh wait. What if I'm a chemical? <laughs> I'm so cautious now. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brittany. I'm 21. I've never done this before. <laughs> oh fuck. Sorry guys, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Between the 1800s and the 1920s, a Wendigo is said to have appeared near a town called Roseau, I think I'm pronouncing that right, near Minnesota. Um, it's been claimed that each time a sighting of this creature was made, an unexpected death followed. The sightings eventually stopped and all things went back to normal. Now, this all being said, we couldn't find any evidence to sort of back up these reports. Now, however, the Wendigo creature sightings are still reported, especially in northern Ontario near, you know, the cave of the Wendigo. And around towns of Kenora, where it has allegedly been spotted by you know, traders, trackers, and trappers for decades. There are many who still believe that the Wendigo roams of woods and prairies of northern Minnesota and Canada, um, and amongst the other places that I mentioned earlier. You know, sightings of the creature in this area have continued you know, well into the new millennium. So, Well, I think I was telling you a little while ago, actually, yeah. I, have a, I have a friend in Canada. You do, yes. He lives in Ontario. Yeah. Which all be in Ontario is massive. But yeah. lives there. And so straight up, I'm like, oh, I forgot about her. I'm going to send her a message. And guess my reply was amazing. She doesn't know anything about the Wendigo. Uh, nor yeah. about the Wendigo cave or any of that. But she's going to look into it. Canada's not on our listing, is it? Not yet. So she hasn't even listened to our podcast. So, how, hey. How dare she? If there's any other please Canadians. Please. Please and thank you. Hey. Sorry if that's racial. Profiling of a Canadian. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> she does have one of the best jokes though. Oh, yes? Yeah, yeah. She goes, do you know why Canadians always say sorry? Sorry. Because of Justin Bieber. Oh, hey. I like Justin Bieber. <laughs> I appreciate him. Give me some of your money, you dog. Oh. While finding evidence about any killings linked to the Wendigo is next to none, cases of people who have been overtaken with the supposed Wendigo psychosis are, are more apparent. Now, a well-known case involving Wendigo psychosis was that of Jack Fiddler. Uh, OG Cree chief and medicine man, known for his powers of defeating Wendigos. Now, Fiddler claimed to have defeated 14 Wendigos during his lifetime. Some of these creatures were said to have you know, been sent by enemy shamans and others were members of his own band or his tribe who had been taken with the insatiable and curable desire to pretty much just eat human flesh. Now, in the latter case, Fiddler was usually asked by family members to kill a very sick loved one before they turned Wendigo. Now, to me, that just sounds like a hitman for hire. It does kind of sound like a hitman (laughs) for hire, but you know what? If you look into other, like other magics, like other dark magics, like essentially voodooism. Okay. Voodooism, they used to create um, spells using specific smells, candles, salts, and all the rest. And not all of it is bad. To create, no, not all of it is bad. Yeah, that's how I perceive it. Yeah, movies. Consider it a dark. Yeah. But anyway, another magic. Sorry to any voodoo people out there. To um, they'd, they'd create these these uh, like spells or whatever to actually have servants, and it's documented that they did this. Which, how do you mean? So like so, it's, it's like from a zombie into a zombie state. Okay. And then the the person that they had put into that zombie state would then serve them. Yeah, right. So they weren't zombies; they were in a zombie state. It's interesting because so, it's documented. It is documented. So if you think back, like we're talking now different, we're talking shamanism, yeah. right? What's to say that there's a difference in the sense that they couldn't do that? That they couldn't 
send yeah. people to do purely things. based on what you don't have evidence. That doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Saying that too. Stories bust down generations. That bus went around and just killed a heap of people and was just like, it's a <laughs> Wendigo. Saved him. Yeah. So I've uh, got to kill him, bro. You know? <laughs> don't do that. Now, Fiddler's own brother, Peter, was killed after turning Wendigo when food ran out on a trading expedition. Now, regardless, several instances of people turning Wendigo and eating human flesh are documented in the records of that same company. Now, in 1907, Fiddler and his other brother, Joseph, were arrested by the Canadian authorities for murder. Shock surprise there. Uh, Jack committed suicide, but Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, he ultimately was granted a pardon, but died three days later in Dow before receiving the news of his pardon. I'm assuming by suicide. So, is the real, the OG Wendigo still out there today? Is it even a thing? Who knows? You know, while the Wendigo remains a fiction and pop culture in modern times, He's been referenced in you know, TV shows from the likes of Supernatural, uh, Grimm, that one with the three sisters or something, rather. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Grimm, yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Had a killer intro song, though. Um, interesting enough, there are even a couple of lakes today uh, named after the beast, you know, including Lake Windigo, Minnesota, Windigo Lake in Wisconsin, and uh, what was it? There was a cave. Like, I said it earlier, yeah. Windigo Cave, yeah. Another one. Now, those who believe in the you know, physical Winnego think he might still be out there in the woods and underneath that terrifying flesh-eating demon, there might still be a human man who was once just a hungry hunter or a fierce warrior. Now, just to... Um, whoops. Just to... <clears throat> go back on the thing. Go yeah. back over the Wendigo story. Yeah. I just had a thought. Oh, Right, so what if it was just a way of, of essentially typing someone? So, for example, Timings. that fella's a six-pack short of car. <laughs> that fella's bonkers. Oh, shit, he's gone. Oh, he went to go. We just started a trend. <laughs> oh, you want to go Wendigo? You want to go Wendigo? Hashtag want to go Wendigo. <laughs> Wendigo challenge by their own boys. <laughs> so did people fuck you. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's your challenge, listeners. Alright. Wendigo us. Um, yeah, look, I think out of all due respect, because I'm assuming it's an you know, Indigenous American or Native American, you know, I guess similar to what Indigenous Australians have there. Well, see, it could, be, it could be law of the dream time. Like, so the Aboriginals, yeah. for those of you who are Australian and don't know, the Aboriginals have dream time. Alright, and we will love to cover something about yeah. the dream time. We have been looking into yeah. it a lot. So it's a topic of conversation that me and you hold quite dearly. Yeah. But it's essentially Aboriginal law. Yeah. Now, we're not Indigenous by any sense, so it's really important to us that we have... Covered our bases. Yeah. And it right. Like, and it'll happen eventually. So um, in saying that, what's to say that Wendigo isn't a part of Indian law or, you know... You know, Indigenous Ameri- or Native Americans. Native oh, Americans, sorry. Yeah. Native American was what I was trying to use. Um, so what if it was like that? Like, just like... I think so. Yeah. It's this for the years it's been going on, the history model it has to stem from somewhere. And I think me personally, yep, yeah, I, I believe that yeah. and it could have it could have been, I wasn't around back it then. It could have been essentially the dream time version in order to save people away from doing specific acts. Yeah. Like, or, well, this is a story I'm gonna pass down to the generations to let them know that this is wrong. Yeah. Or just say if you're going for a trip 
prepare. You know, have your stuff together. You know, get trapped in the snow or turn cannibal. On the other side of the coin, it could be a terrifying fucking man beast that you're going to fucking froth over because yeah. he only smells like death, but other than that, he's a perfect human. Uh, Jason, you guys, we're in Australia, so I'm assuming unless he can swim, we're safe. We just got to worry about the hairy man. Yeah. I will brush up on all these things eventually. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll brush up on it when you ask us about it. You're not from Australia. Oh, shop fine. Ask us. I will put a link on our Instagram account about these voice messages because I know I keep hand on you for it. I'm going to get one eventually. Let's move on what do you to got? a very, very interesting. This is our final story. And it's about a cryptid. Cryptid. Or so we thought. Called <laughs> Cropsy. Now, Cropsy is the creature that lurks at the end of your block. It's this shadowy figure that prowls the edge of the playground. Is attributed to disappearances of many children. In short, Cropsy is Staten Island, New York's boogeyman. Oh, a boogeyman. 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 Same shit. Yep. Residents of Staten Island described Cropsy as an escaped mental patient who lived in an abandoned at the abandoned Willowbrook Mental Institution. He would come out late at night and snatch kids off the street or even from the safeties of their home. Jesus. He was most often described either wielding a bloody axe or with a hook or a hand. Parents would tell the tale of Cropsy to their children at night to make sure they went to bed on time. Go to bed or Cropsy will get you. Oh, you got a parenting 101 in New York there, hey? That fuck you, yeah? <laughs> you don't go to bed. You got to cop a hook to the throat. Not by me, by Cropsy. Here's- Here's a guy that will steal you from the streets or even your own bed. So you better go to bed on time. Yeah. <laughs> better go to sleep so you don't feel it. US US listeners, let us know if you got a cropsy story like this. Yeah, oh, no, specifically New York Staten Island. Yeah. You've heard the cropsy story. I wanna know. But anyway, let's go on because there's some There's more fucking I'm twists and turns, man. Some twists and turns. So between 1960 and 1970, the disappearances of many children were linked to the workings of the notorious Cropsy. This is legit. Uh, So actual kids were going missing. All right. He is one of the only cryptids, quotation marks. Where are you going with this? Yep. That has actually been um, a suspect. So he's... These kids actually are missing. All right. Naughty. So, but how? Isn't... Cropsy, just an urban legend. That's what I thought. A scary bedtime story. I think so. A porn director's next big hit. Uh, and no. Pornhub followers. <laughs> no. Cropsy is, in fact, real. It's a real. Whoa, he's real? He's real. He's real. He's real. Damn, unreal. It's um, not real. Well, it's still an urban legend. Oh, yeah. Just someone bad decided to take it and run with it. Um, the man's name is Andre Ram. He was born Frank Rasham. Yeah, Andre sounds better. Now, when I say take it and run with it, he was the original. He made the myth. Ah, so he is the OG. So really, people people took it. it and ran with it. So sorry, fuck that up. But we should have trademarked it. Now, um, Ram worked as a custodian at the Staten Island Willowbrook State School in 1960. This was an institution for children with disabilities, funded by the New York State. It was operational and smoothly run, or so it seemed, until officials observed questionable conditions and unorthodox medical practices. When it closed, Rand had to find another job. Unfortunately, 
he spent his time on more nefarious activities. Between the school closing in 19, at the, like the early part of 1970, right. several young girls in the area went missing. The first was a five-year-old called Alice Pereira. Pereira? I'm sorry if I've got that last name wrong. Sorry, Pereiras. But yeah. The toddler seemed to just vanish into thin air while playing in the neighborhood, just a few miles southeast of the Willowbrook. Um, Which is where he used to work? Yes. Yes. That was the school that he used to work at. Okay. By this point, Rand had already served 10 months in prison for the abduction of several other children. <laughs> what? Dude, the guy was fucking insane. I mean, for seven other children, you said? Yes. You think you just sort of keep him locked down a key? Dude, he, um... I don't know what the justice is like over there. He took a bunch of kids, like he was a bus driver. Yeah. And he like, all these kids got on his bus and he just drove them to an airport. Like way away, like 250 miles away. Why? He kidnapped them, and then took him to the airport and just dropped them off. Got caught. Like the guy was nutty. Crazy. All right. Moving on. Between 1960, oh wait, we've already said that part. Fuck. <laughs> He was never convicted of kidnapping or abduction, as none of the kids were harmed, but he did serve time and for unlawful imprisonment. So in other words, like, in taking children against their own Okay, makes sense. Um, Pereira went missing while Rand was released as a free man. Naturally, authorities considered him the prime suspect in her disappearance. As you would, just got out. There wasn't enough evidence to convict him. Um, and the little girl was never seen again. Oh. On July 15th, 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes went missing. Her parents filed for a missing persons report, and while several witnesses claimed to have seen the girl with Rand shortly before her disappearance, once again, no actual evidence led to an actual arrest. It would not be until 2004 that Rand would be found guilty for the kidnapping of Hughes. That's rough. Two years later, Rand became the primary suspect once again when 11-year-old to Hersey Jackson. To Tia Hers. Sorry, to Hersey's. I'm just gonna call you Tia. Tia, I like it. Um, she disappeared. In 1984, 21-year-old Hank Gaffario vanished. Um, people just disappearing. Disappearing like right. skittles on the plate. These unnerving incidents left the town in terror. All the more so because no one was apprehended. Yeah, as and, you would. Um, so. Only three years later did the police finally catch a break on the investigation with Jennifer Schweiger. Schweiger? Yeah. A 12-year-old girl born with Down syndrome Uh, was was reported missing on July 9th in 1987. The search for her or her body lasted 35 days and it ended in complete trauma. Schweiger was found dead in a shallow grave on the former property of Willowbrook State School. Wow, the same school where they did they have they housed well sorry not housed, they schooled, they schooled kids, kids with disabilities. disabilities. Yes. Damn. How how old was this girl? So this girl was what did I say? She was God damn. Did we say twelve twelve years old. Twelve years old. So she was twelve years old and this happened in what did I say? Eighty one. Eighty one. In a shallow grad when you in say the, shallow. But the school shut down in the seventies. Yeah, right. That's just like his place of, like his go-to place. I'm, I'm assuming this is where he got pinned for it. So he actually had his own little, uh, he built his own little, he was homeless. 
Okay. And he like lived in a creek. A creek? Behind Willowbrook State School, like a dried creek. Oh, like okay. a trench. He built like his own little homestead thing. But when I say homestead, it really was like just a bed and some like corrugated iron. Semi-shack looking Like a shack thing and it was it. And he was actually found not far away from where the girl was found. Yeah, right. Just living there. Just living there. Now, Rand had already been arrested for the connection of Schweiger's um, kidnapping before the girl's corpse was even discovered. He was caught lying to reporters, claiming he had never met the girl, which contradicted the statements of numerous witnesses, and it changed the entire story once his defense lawyer heard about these individual accounts. In 1988, Rand was convicted of the kidnapping first-degree murder of Jennifer Schweiger, and he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. All in all, Bodies of the victims would never recover apart. Damn. Sorry, the bodies and the victim never yeah. recovered. Damn. Uh, well, um, locked up. Yeah, yeah, locked up. As well, it should. Throw away the key. Um, and the Staten Island boogeyman sits behind bars to this day for the killings, uh, for the kidnappings of Holly Ann Hughes and Jennifer Schweiger. Yeah. And won't be eligible for parole until 2037. 2037. So a while away. Yeah, all, all right. right. So they only found one person. one body, one body. Yeah, um, but mainly convicted for two. However, countless accounts before that. Yeah, as he probably well, even suspected. that twenty-year-old dude. That's a weird one. So the assumption that I made from this guy is he preys on people with either disabilities, vulnerabilities, or sorts, or like are intellectually vulnerable. Yeah. So he's. He's probably intellectually superior and he's able to coerce. So that's why it's like he preys on children. He preys on little girls. I agree. And he preys play, on disabled people. Stemming back from his originally working at... At a school. At that school. Yeah. Where I'm assuming he's he's done the first thing that he's ever done and he's like, I've got a taste for it. This is my thing now. Well, he, he could have been involved. Because in he that. feels strong. So that school, power. there was beating. They, they were horrible. Medical things. experiments? Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, rough ass. It was it was not the place to be. <clears throat> um, and it just, it plays into that. Like, so he's now learned. Because you right. gotta remember, he's going to be, he's around those kids at that school. So he's learned how to communicate. He's learned how yeah. to how to invite them towards him. And that trust that little bit. How to earn trust. And so that only, only plays into his skills as being this person. This is Cropsy. Yeah, this is Cropsy. Anyway, Rand gained national attention in 2009 with the documentary, Cropsy. Fortunately, his life can once again be um, regulated or a sense brought back yeah. to boogeyman status. Right. Um, I've never seen this docker. No, neither have I. I came across it in our research. Yeah. And it's probably something I should. I might watch it after this. We should yeah, we should definitely watch it. Yeah. Essentially it's about a guy who grew up there and right. grew up to the stories and hearing about them all. And he investigated into it and essentially found out all of this shit. Uh, that this boogeyman, boogeyman, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. That he thought was just a fantasy. A, a, a fantasy, a story told to get kids to behave. Yeah. It was fucking real. Which it turned out. Yes. Yeah, it, it was. actually happened. So yeah. Staten Island's boogeyman. Boogeyman. There That's, you go. And like, 
he, you, it, it falls into that thing. So he started it. Yeah. In the 70s, he done this thing. And it was so prolific and it created so much terror within the community because it took so long for him to get caught. Yeah. That this legend, like this urban legend, started being built up about this character. It's not, he hadn't been caught. Yeah. And it's now probably going to continue to be like, I'm sure there are still people who are even our age. Now, we're both 90s babies. Yeah. And who heard that story going a bit? Seven months. Yeah. 100%. So. Well, man, that was. That was the final of Urban Legends of USA. USA Urban Legends done and dusted. Man. Uh, look, guys, we're definitely going to work on potentially other countries. We do have a lot of things still coming up. Uh, going to work on some vlogs. Not a big thing vlog, but just little snippets. You probably want to see now a little snippet on Instagram. If a little not, bit earlier. at there on. Yeah, at there on. On Instagram. On Instagram. Um, we're also going to send a link on Instagram that'll take you to where you can leave us voice messages. We really want to communicate, you know, not just with our guys here in Australia. Around the world. USA, Ireland, France, Norway. New Zealand. New Zealand now. Canada, when you decide Did to Did I say France? Things. Yes. Yeah. Canada, yeah. I think Canada on board. But look. And any other countries. All in all. You know our, you know our Instagram. Yeah. At there on. Our personal Instagrams at Malamoon91. At Lachlan Large. Honestly, hit us a follow, like our shit. Share it. And share it. And leave comments on anything. If there is if there's a particular thing you want us to cover, a story you want us to cover, hit us up, let us know. That's us. That's us guys. We're signing off. Stay safe. Peace. Wash your hands.